0: You're listening to another life-transforming message from C3 Church, Salt Lake City. For more information on our church, go to C3SaltLakeCity.com. If you know me at all, you know I like to have fun. So we're going to have some fun this morning. Um, Thank you guys so much. You can have a seat this morning. Awesome. Well, we are uh, in a series called Family-ish. So I did laugh when I found out I was preaching on my birthday in a series called Family-ish. I was like, okay, God, (laughs) what are you doing to me? Uh, But I am really excited because this is my favorite time of year. Does anyone else love this time of year? Yes, it's because it's my birthday. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) It is fun. My birthday is today, and then Vince's birthday is on Tuesday. So feel free to give him some birthday love as well. Uh, But I also, I just love uh, Thanksgiving. I love the fall, and then I love, love, love Christmas. I am like the crazy Christmas person. I love it so much. Um, Vince and I have an agreement in our marriage that I wait till the day after Thanksgiving, and then I can go nuts with Christmas. He needs me to, like, wait, and then Christmas. Um, And so that's our (laughs) thing. But then... It's like Christmas movies on, like 24-7 Christmas movies, decorations. My girls are really into it too, so Vince is just outnumbered. I mean, he likes Christmas from like December 22nd to December 25th. (laughs) He will agree with that. I think most men maybe like that. But I love, love, love Christmas. I love this time of year. Uh, But I think we can all agree that sometimes uh, when the holidays come around, it isn't always easy or fun. Right. Because, you know, families aren't always perfect. Right. Can I get an amen? (laughs) Yes. You guys, that was a good amen right there. Right. Because we all know that even the best families have some, some stuff going on. Right. Some family issues right? We got some stuff going on and I was thinking about it and it's like, you know, you think about Thanksgiving or Christmas and you're really just getting all of your people together to like stir up the pot of all the issues that nobody's talked about, right? Yes, you guys know what I'm talking about. And it's depending on your family. So like my family and Vince's family growing up, we have very different styles of family. My family, just nobody talked about it, right? It was just like, oh, hey, and then maybe, like, you're just awkwardly avoiding the person that everybody knows is like, gone off the rails or whatever. I'm just being real here because we all know that we have those people in our family. Um, some families more than others. Um, and Vince's family, now, I wasn't there, but he, they just, they went for it. Like, if there was an issue, um, I don't see your dad here, but I, Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I'm going to be talking more about like my family issues because I, they're my family and they're not here, so it'll be perfect. But um, I feel like you guys just address stuff and actually it's been really good for me uh, to do that. So anyways, family-ish is our series and this morning my sermon is going to be called 23 and Me. 23 and Me. And do you guys know what 23 and Me is? Come on, some of you. Has anyone done 23 and Me? Yes. I, I think it's very interesting. So 23 and me if you don't know, is you basically like spit on a thing and you send it in and they tell you like everything about you and your all the way, right, pretty much all the way back to Jesus's time is like <laughs> your family history, your health stuff. It's very interesting. Um, and I think that it's become so popular because they're all we all have this thing in us that we want to know who we are. We want to know where we came from. We want to know. And, you know, my family... Uh, we didn't really talk about stuff. And I loved, I had a great family. Um, I grew up in Green Bay, go Packers. <laughs> that was for you. The Vikings jersey is just like, uh, <laughs> go Packers. So I grew up in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And my dad's family, um, actually his, both of his uh, grandparents um, migrated from Yugoslavia and they met. They ended up uh, coming to, like, this community in Green Bay of, like, Yugoslavians, I guess. And they were there. Uh, and I always knew that. And my, then my, my grandma and my grandpa met. They were next-door neighbors. It was, like, that cute childhood love story, um, super cute. And then my dad's family, he had seven kids in his family. So he had five sisters and two, he was one of the two boys. And his sisters, like, we didn't talk about, like, issues, but they talk all the time. So each of my dad's sisters, Vince has met them. They, one talks more than the other, and the other talks. So it was just a very loud, lively house. My grandpa was, like, a jokester. He was always joking. And it was a fun family, um, I, when I came along, my grandpa had already passed away, and so my grandma was like the matriarch of our family. Her house was where everyone would come together. She was like the, the lady that just handmade everything, like noodles, bread, soup. Like my mom stood no chance. When she married my dad, my dad was so spoiled from his mom, um, but she was amazing. Um, the thing though is that I didn't realize that my grandma actually had a really rough childhood. Like I just found this out a year ago. And a year, about a year ago, I was home for my uh, sister-in-law's baby shower and just really spending some time with my dad and chatting about our family. And my dad just starts telling me about his mom. Like, I'm not going to say how old I turned today, but you know that I've been around a while. And <laughs> this had never come up before. So anyways, he starts telling me about my grandma. And he said, well, you know... Uh, and I was like, no, I don't know anything. Tell me about my family. He was like, you know, your grandma, her mom had a rough time. Because when, you're, when, when my grandma was about four or five, her little brother was about two, and he was playing in their backyard, and he actually fell down a well, and he passed away. And so not only did my grandma's little brother pass away, but then her mom couldn't handle it because she was g- felt guilty, and she just, you know, couldn't handle it. And so she ended up being put in an institution. Guys, I had no idea. And then so my dad was saying, he's like, so my mom, so my grandma, his mom, never really had a mom. She didn't know what it meant. To be a mom. She didn't know how to be a mom, but yet I'm sitting there going, oh my goodness, look at this family that she created. Look at this mom that she became. Look at this grandma. She had over 20 grandkids that she poured into, and now they have kids, and all of us still get together and we tell stories of our grandma. And so she created this beautiful legacy from what she did not have. But what I think is so interesting is that I didn't know any of that. All I saw was the, the, the stereo, like the, we had the storybook family. But underneath only one layer, there was so much else going on there. And while I saw her as, you know, the perf- in my mind, she was like the perfect mom, the perfect grandma, my dad was telling a little bit of a different story when he saw her as his mom and kind of the impact it had on their family because she was just learning, like, how to be a mom because she didn't have that example. And so this morning, I want us to kind of, we're going to dive into some things and to really look at how, uh, who we are and our past actually defines who we are now and how we're functioning in our relationships now. And I want to encourage us that there's a better way. Can we get an amen for a better way? Yes, a better way. So we are going to actually dive in and look at the fact, so everybody has a family tree, right? We all have, no matter if if you don't agree that everybody here has like a family tree, then we can talk later about you know, biology, not just kidding. But right, we all have we all got here for you know, somehow, and so we all have that that genealogy. Okay. We're with me? Yes. Okay. Vince is like, what are you talking about? Okay. Twenty-three and me. And we all have that. We all have that family line. Even Jesus, right? So we're actually gonna start there this morning. So if you have your Bible, which and I encourage you take notes this morning, Lean in. I know for myself, if I write things down, I just remember it, or I can at least look back. So it's a good idea. So, anyways, okay, uh, we're going to be in the book of Luke, chapter 3. And if you're anything like me, when you get to, if you're reading your Bible and you get to like a list of names, you skip it. I Someone just said it. You skip it because you're like, and okay. Um, but, and you're like, we're, we're starting with the list of names this morning. Like, what's happening? You said we were going to have fun on your birthday. What's happening? Just stick with me because. What I have really, what God has really been showing me and what I have realized is that each of those names is actually a whole story. It's a whole person, and it's a love story. You know, there might have been some struggle, like whatever. Each of these names is a whole life. And so we're going to just take a minute and read this, and then it, we'll, we'll apply it. Don't worry. Just hang with me here, okay? And just also just give me grace. It's my birthday with saying these names because I thought about not reading it, but I think it's going to be worth it. So, okay, let's jump in. So verse Luke 3, 23, now Jesus himself began his ministry at about 30 years of age, being as was supposed to this. He was the son of Joseph, the son of Elie, the son of Matt, the son of Levi, the son of Melchi, the son of Janna, the son of Joseph, the son of, I don't know, the son of Amos, the son of Natham, the son of Okay, I honestly am not going to read all these. I just made this decision in my head. I said, you know what? It's your birthday. You don't have to read all the names. However, we are just, I'm going to. Thank you, honey. He's like telling me from the front row what to do. Not okay. Okay, anyways. We've been married 11 years. You should know that. All right. Okay, anyways, so we're just going to jump to the end, yes. Um, But I did want, so in there, it talks about... Here's some names that you know, the son of Jacob, the son of Isaac, the son of Abraham, the son of Terah, and then jump all the way down, the son of Canaan, the son of Enosh, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God. And the thing is, is that I love how in Luke, he goes all the way back to Adam. And so we're going to come back to that in a minute. But I just love that picture that goes all the way back to the beginning and how it says Adam was the son of God. I love that. Um, so, but let's go back a little bit. So Jesus actually came. So what is his genealogy telling us? Uh, first of all, just some basic things. It's telling us that his dad was Joseph, right? His dad on earth was Joseph, and Joseph was a carpenter. Uh, we learned when we were in Israel, there it is, the Israel drop. Uh, <laughs> when we were in Israel, we learned that being a carpenter actually was mostly working with stone, which I found to be very interesting. I never knew that. So just a free fact there. Um, so he worked with Stone, he, he hung out in a small town, he was a small town guy, so he probably had an accent, like a small town, maybe like a, like a southern hick would have here. Uh, hey, <laughs> um, Amy, my southern, lovely southern friend. You don't really have that much of an accent though, so I don't know. Um, anyway, so he, we, th- we kind of learned just a little bit about him here with like his upbringing. Um, But we also learned that he was in the line of Abraham, Isaac, and Joseph. We know of them, right? And those names meant a lot. And so it was a big deal that he came from that lineage because there's all these prophecies that said that the Messiah had to come from that. So there's a lot going on here. So not only is it telling us who he, like what his family was like, you know, just like my story about my family, uh, it's more than that. It's showing us this history, this rich history. And the Jewish people... uh, to them, history was everything. and, and so the, the lineage actually meant it defined your character. it defined your character before you were even really born. Who your dad was really, really mattered. And so we're just starting to learn a little bit about him, and we're going to come back to that in a minute. but he was all, he went all the way he was tied all the way back to Adam. And the thing about Adam is that Adam actually brought in a bit of dysfunction, right? (laughs) We're talking about family dysfunction, family issues, and from the very beginning of humanity, there was some issues. Now, we're not talking little issues. We're talking murder. If anyone thinks the Bible is boring, just go back and read. So Adam's very first two sons, one kills the other son, and from this point on, we just, so if, I just want to encourage you this morning, like if you feel like, man, my family is messed up, you are not alone, okay? At least, you know, you guys need to wake up a little bit here this morning. Can I get an amen? Can I get a come on? Maybe you all have perfect families. Good job. Awesome. Um, but I feel like we all have maybe a few things in our family that we're like, eh. Um, so we live in a world of, of generational dysfunction, Things that are passed down and passed down, and even when we don't want to have them, we, like, somehow end up with them, right? Like, abandonment, mental illness that's just passed down, or loneliness, addictions, depression, divorce, anxiety, striving, workaholic, whatever it is in your family. If you just take a minute and start looking back, start thinking about it, and you'll, you'll start to think. You're like, oh, my goodness, But I want to encourage us that there is a better way. There is a different way. The reason that it's so important that that he was showing, the reason that Luke was showing how Jesus goes tied all the way back to Adam was because Jesus was actually the second Adam. And so I want to encourage us this morning that, that there's a better way because of Jesus. So Jesus came down because God is outside of time. And so as all of this was happening with with his creation, he created, he was, it says, Adam, son of God. Adam was his son. He created him, and now he's watching this all just fall apart, and he says, okay, second son. And so I want you to catch this. So Adam was the only human not born of humans, right? Because he was actually created by God. So Jesus was actually born of a, a human, but he was born through and of God. So God is actually saying, okay, since I'm God, I get to to redo this, but I'm not going to redo it in the same way that I did the first man. I'm going to redo it in in a perfect human, in a perfect human who can completely reverse the curse who can completely, our lead pastor preaches a brilliant message, so I recommend listening to Pastor Jurgen's message on reverse the curse. But he comes down and he reverses the curse. And I want to encourage us this morning that that is everything. That is actually the answer to everything in your life. And this morning I'm going to focus on on specifically one aspect that I would really hope and encourage you to just lean in to what God has shown and put on my heart. So we're actually going to jump to right before the genealogy was listed in the book of Luke. So Luke chapter 3, 21, it says, When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heavens, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven and said, You are my beloved Son. In you I am well pleased. How cool, right? So I love this picture because we just we just talked about like Jesus's actual genealogy and his physical backline and who his his dad was on earth. It was Joseph and then but now Luke is showing us he's saying but actually Jesus has another dad. And God is saying, "I am his you are my son." And so what I want to show us this morning is that this is when everything shifted for Jesus, right? This was right before he launches into his ministry. So he started 30 he spent 30 years of his life in a small town doing everyday normal things, in a family living life. And then in a moment, everything shifted. And what shifted it was the fact that his dad was God. And so what I want to encourage you with this morning, as we, as we just, I just want to show you something that God has really just shifted in my head, is the fact that when you realize who your dad is, everything shifts. Everything will change. See, it wasn't just for Jesus. Because Jesus came to reverse and redeem everything, not just for himself. So let's keep going. Let's look at uh, this verse in Romans chapter 8. For as many, sorry, Romans 8, verse 14. For as many are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, then we may also be glorified together. That's good news, right? Yes. I hope that as we were reading that, you, something was shifting in your spirit already. Because it is good news. See, just as Jesus had something shift when God spoke that over him and said, You are my son, Jesus wants to do that in your life. He wants to tell you something, that we are children of God. And so what I want to spend the, next, uh, the rest of the morning talking about is what does that actually mean? And how does that impact your relationships? How does that impact your marriage? How does that impact your kids, your family? You're dealing with your parents, you're dealing with your you know, girlfriend, your boyfriend, your friends. It relates to everything. And so the first thing that I just want to show you this morning is that you are adopted. You are adopted. And I was actually reading, I have a study Bible, and it was talking about how, so Paul wrote that in the book of Romans to the Roman people, and in the Roman culture, when you were adopted, you actually completely, like, cut off your old family line, and you completely took on your new family line. And so everything of the past was done, as if it, like, did not exist, and, and you took on a new family And so I want to encourage us today that I'm not saying, I feel like this is important to say, I'm not saying to cut off your family, right? Please don't take that and go, well, peace out, family. I'm just just me and God on a commune. No, God has given us relationships. He wants us to flourish. But if we don't understand that we are actually adopted into a bigger family of God, then we can't get the rest of it right. Because what I realize is that we are putting expectations on our family to meet what only God can meet. Because we were created to be adopted into his family. We are created to be his sons and his daughters, not, not trying to seek that from our earthly family who can't do it. No matter how amazing they are. I have great parents, but there was, there's always something that, that only God can fill. And we are, and the, the even cooler thing, I feel like, is that it means that you're not defined by your past. You're not defined by your past. You're not defined by your family's past. You're not defined by who your family is. For some of you, that, that's, that's more important than others. If your family has just been really a lot of pain in your family, I, I feel like it's just really important for us to go there because it's, it's our life. And if we go around trying to pretend like everything is okay and it's not impacting us, but inside we know that there's something missing, we just are going to continue to keep running up against the same issues, the same walls. And you're going to wonder, like, why, why can't my marriage grow? Or why do I keep having all these issues with my, my kids? Or why do I, you know, not even want to go to my family holiday events? right? And it's because we need to get this part right. You guys, you can end the cycle, but you don't have to do it on your own. Because a lot of times people, we try to end it. You know, we we see it. We see the dysfunction and we say, okay, I'm not going to be like that, like how my grandma did. But I think she had, that was a lot of work. And she was a, a woman of faith and so I'm sure God helped her with that. But there's a better way to end the cycle. It's, it's called saying, God, I am adopted. Thank you. I, I, I'm adopted in, and I accept my new heritage. I accept my new family, God. Come in and make me new. And so the first step is actually allowing him to come in. That's what being a Christian is all about. That's what being a believer is all about, is allowing God to come in and saying, I'm putting away the old, and I'm stepping into the new. And I want to encourage us this morning that, that you actually have to take the step. Because a lot of times we're, we're still living back. We're still kind of, you know, over here in our old identity. And we wonder why we're not changing. But God wants to make you new this morning. He wants to take off the coat that you've been wearing of depression. He wants to take off the coat you've been wearing of anxiety, of addiction, He wants to take that off of you because that's your old lineage. That's your old family. And he's saying, why are you wearing your old clothes? He wants to give you new clothes this morning. He wants to give you a new identity, a new heritage, a new lineage. And once you get that and fully allow God to do it in you, that's when everything changes. So the next thing is that, so first you are adopted. Second is you are an heir. So you're not just adopted in, but kind of like a side note. And I know I see some of you out there that have adopted kids, and you would never treat your adopted child as anything but the same as your other kids. In fact, I know people that it gets them really upset when people are like, well, which one's your real kids? They're all your real kids because you love them. That is how God views you this morning but so often we're walking around like we are this abandoned side note stepchild to God, right? And that breaks God's heart because God loves you so much. And he is saying that you are actually an heir to my entire kingdom, but you're standing over in the shed begging me for dinner. If you're thinking that you don't do it, I want you to really think about how you pray. Yes, I'm going to go there <laughs> because I love you guys. And this makes a huge difference in how you view God. So do you guys have that picture I sent you because you're amazing? Okay, I'm going to put a picture up. This was my birthday card this morning from my daughter. And she said that she loves my smile and giggles. But she, she's, I wish you could actually see the spelling, but it was really cute. And then she drew our family. She gave me a dollar out of her own little piggy bank. Yes, I almost cried. It was like my favorite gift ever because it was her heart to me. And I wanted to show that this morning because my we have two, you can take that off, but, um, or you can leave it up. It's cute. Um, sorry. Okay. I wanted to show that because we have two girls and they are our heirs, right? They have access to everything and they have never felt anything but loved Uh, And so now that they're finally, like, starting to understand, like, birthdays and things like that, they they do whatever they can with what they have. I mean, she doesn't have it much. So she uses what she has. She's learned how to write. She's learned how to draw. She has a dollar in her piggy bank. And honestly, she would probably give me all of her money. That's just her. (laughs) Like, she's so sweet. But God doesn't care what you have to give him. I think sometimes we minimize what we have because we're like, God doesn't need anything like he's God, which is true. I mean, I don't need that dollar. Maybe I do. I don't know. Uh, I'll take it. But I don't need that. I'll probably give it back to her. I don't need that dollar. But the the fact that she gave that to me shows her love for her mom. And so when we go to God, he wants us to come boldly with confidence saying, "God, I love you. Take all of me," just like Hannah gives me that love. When we pray to God and we declare things, God's, it, it makes God so happy. He wants us to come boldly. Let's check out this. So I wanted to show us something, an even deeper picture of what it looks like to be a dad and the kind of the, the influence that it has. Um, so Genesis 26, 24 through 25, this is talking about Abraham and Isaac And it says that the Lord appeared to him the same night and said, I am God of your father Abraham. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bless you and multiply your descendants for my servant Abraham's sake. So he built an altar there and called on the name of the Lord and pitched the tent there, and Isaac's servants dug a well. Then verse 32, it came to pass that same day that his servants came and told him that they had dug, he said, we have found water. So I wanted to show that as a picture because, they were in a drought. It was a really hard time. And Isaac decided, I mean, he could have gone off and done things his own way. But he knew that God was faithful. And he knew that he was actually an heir to his, what, everything his dad, who was Abraham, had done. And Abraham was a, a man of God. He was a man of faith. He was known for his faith, right? And so Isaac's inheritance actually included faith and a legacy of faith. And so I wanted to show us this picture because then he listened to God because he knew. He said, my dad is a good dad and he led me in this way to follow God. So I'm going to dig here because my God believed in God. So I'm going to listen. He digs a well and they get water. But this is more than just a physical well. He was digging a well of faith for their entire family, this legacy that ends up being in the genealogy of Jesus. So how does that relate to us this morning? We have a God who is a, we have a dad in God who's even better than Abraham, right? And he has even more than Abraham to give us this morning. And so your inheritance in God is so big. It is so big and he does not withhold anything from you. So your dad is actually over disease. And so when you come to God and you say, God, I declare my healing, that is faith. I was super sick last night like it was bad, and I got mad about it, and I said, God, you're going to have to show up, and I actually believed that he was going to heal me, and I'm feeling so much better this morning, so that's just like a little example, but it's it, it, it shows the the heart that we need to approach it, and I, You know, I don't always understand God's timing and I don't always understand when he moves. But I do know that he needs us to keep approaching him every day, believing that that day is the day that he is going to move. That day is the day that he is going to move. Just like Isaac believed that everything his dad had done was going to be this this promise that he could believe in, we know that God backs his promises up with his character. And so when he says that you are adopted and that you are an heir... He wants you to believe him. And so it's a, it's, a, it's a step of faith. It's a step of faith to put on your new identity, to accept that you are adopted, that you are an heir, and then walk in it. Because it's one thing to sit here and say, okay, yes, I'm adopted, or maybe you don't even believe that for yourself this morning. But it's another thing to let it actually influence you. And so I want to encourage you this morning that you can walk with authority. You can walk with confidence, not in who you are, but in whose you are. Because when we understand who our dad is, it changes everything. My daughters know who their dad is, and they love him, but he's not perfect, right? Can I get an amen? Just kidding. I love you. You're so sweet. He went and got me coffee and breakfast this morning, so good job. Um, But, I mean, he's going to mess up, right? But God is a God that will not disappoint you. Now, you might feel like he has. Just getting real this morning, because I feel like you need to hear this. You might feel like he has, okay? But he hasn't, because God is a good, faithful father. But what happens is sometimes we walk away from him. And we put ourselves over in the shed and we don't declare his promises over our life. And then we blame him for not showing up. But I want to encourage you that Jesus came to redeem and restore all that was lost. Come on, Come on, <laughs> Come on Lilo. I love Lilo. You're awesome. And Savannah. Can we give them a, I meant to say this earlier, but I got distracted. But Savannah and Lilo. Woo! Come on. Uh, So, we're going to dive into Galatians, because there's even more that I want to encourage us with. So, Galatians 4, 1 through 7. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the Father. Even so, we are children. We were in bondage under the elements of a world. But when the fullness of the time has come, Jesus sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, an heir of God through Christ. The third thing is you are free, you are no longer a slave. Come on. Can I get an amen? Yes. You are no longer. You don't have to be in bondage anymore to your dysfunction. You don't have to be in bondage anymore to your dysfunction. I feel like I need to say that again. You don't have to be in bondage anymore to your dysfunction. Yes. Okay. There we go. Come on. Thank you. That's a little bit more appropriate because it's a big deal. It's a big deal. You don't have to be in bondage anymore to depression. Maybe you come from a family that's just a lot of depressed people. Cancel that off. Break it off. That does not have to be your story today. That does not have to be your story. Maybe you come from a family of addicts. Cancel it off. Break it off this morning. Maybe you come from a family that had a lot of just perfectionists and workaholics that is just as damaging as any of the rest of it. So break that off yourself this morning. Whatever it is. Maybe you come from a family that's stuck in religious obligation. Cancel it off. You are free this morning. God wants you to step in to your freedom. Because, and I love what this verse is saying, that as you are a son, when you are a son, you are not a slave. The difference between a son and a slave is everything. And that is what Jesus came and redeemed, is that when we, at the very beginning of time, when sin entered in, we were slaves to our sin. We are slaves to our dysfunction, and that's why so often we have all these family issues, because it's broken people hurting broken people, and it's nobody's fault. And the more that you can cut off that blame to your family or blame to the people that have hurt you, that's actually going to be the first step of freedom. Because if you have that unforgiveness, you have that bitterness towards whoever in your family has hurt you or maybe to your entire family. Or maybe you feel like you have hurt others and you have shame. Cut it off. Break it off. You are free this morning. Yes. Amen. It is good news. You are a son, you are an heir, and you are free. God wants to do something in you so that then you are an overflow and you can actually bring healing and restoration to your family. That is what I want to encourage you with this morning. It is not to say that you isolate yourself and cut yourself to protect yourself because I think that's what a lot of times our society tells us to do. It's self-love, it's protect yourself, think about you, you do you. That is also not God's way, you guys. God created us to be a part of a family. He wants to heal and restore our families. He wants to heal and restore our marriages. He wants to heal and restore our relationship with our kids and with our relationship with our parents. But you cannot do it on your own. You have to first understand your identity and to understand that you actually have one dad who matters, and he's the best dad. He's kind of a big deal, and that's God, yeah. and that he brings freedom, restoration, and healing to you. And that's a daily decision. And so I think that's why a lot of times Christians walk around kind of miserable, is because we're not daily stepping into our identity. We're not daily accepting our freedom. We're not daily allowing our Father to fill, heal, and restore us. Instead, we're looking to our spouse to do that, and they can't. And then we're just disappointed in them. Or instead, you're looking to your parents if you're younger, or your kids if you're older, expecting your kids to fill all. They can't. That is not their job, and that is not fair. And that's when you're creating all of this family dysfunction. So I want to encourage us that there is a better way this morning. It's God's way, and he makes it really easy for us he wants to declare a new thing over you this morning. He wants you to declare, but you have to to make that choice in your head and in your heart that you are going to lean in, that you are going to let God restore you. And sometimes that means letting go. Let go. Stop replaying the same story in your head. Start a new story, and that story is that you are redeemed, that you are a son that you were adopted, you were an heir, and you are free. Kelse, if you want to come up. If you are here this morning and you just don't really know what I'm talking about, or maybe you just haven't taken that step, see, Jesus did come to redeem and restore everything that was lost. And Vince and I were actually watching the, we got Disney Plus. Anyone else? Yes? Come on. As parents, it's like the best gift ever for us as parents. Anyways, uh, we were watching the movie Narnia. Come on. And the, uh, the scene where, where the stone breaks, right? And uh, the Absalom rises. The, the Jesus figure, the lion. You guys, maybe you haven't seen this movie because you don't seem very excited. It's epic. It's the moment that everything changed and everything was restored. And that is this picture of what Jesus did on the cross. Because Jesus came to redeem and restore all the broken. So we need to stop living in the broken and actually step in to the new. And so I want to encourage you this morning. We're going to have two things, two actions that we can take. But the first one is you can't get anywhere before you do this, and that is to say, Jesus, I want you to come into my life. And so if you are here this morning and you have not done that, but you guys can close your eyes for a second or bow your head if you want, or just have a moment with God. And maybe you've been coming to church for a long time, or maybe this is your first Sunday, but you haven't ever just surrendered to Jesus in your life and given him full access He wants to adopt you this morning. He wants to make you an heir. He wants to set you free. And so this is just between you and God, but I just would love to pray with you. So if you could go ahead and raise your hand this morning so I can see you, that would be awesome. So go ahead. If there's anyone here that just says, I want to be adopted and I want to be a son, I want to be an heir this morning. Thank you, Jesus. We're just going to pray a prayer together. Say, Jesus, come into my life. Thank you for adopting me, for making me your heir, for making me your son. Come into my life. Make me new. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. Let's give them a hand this morning. And I just want to encourage you, if you did not raise your hand, that doesn't really matter. It's about your heart, and it's about surrendering to God. Now I want to speak to all of us, heirs of God, and all of us sons and daughters this morning, and encourage you to stop living like this leftover stepchild in the shed. So I want to have everybody stand. We're going to all do this together just because I feel like God really wants you guys to, to to all of us, not just you, but me as well, to lean in, to step in this morning to everything that God has for you, to all of the promises that he has. You have a good, good father this morning, and I just want you to take a minute to really think about have you entrusted your entire life to God or what are you holding back from him because part of being being a son means completely being under your dad so I just want to encourage you this morning we're going to have a minute We're just going to have a worship song and we're just going to spend a minute in worship. And I just want you guys to lean in to seek your father this morning. Allow him to come in and do some of that healing I was talking about. Allow him to come in and do something in you so that you can then go in and work and bring restoration to those around you. But first just let him heal this morning. I'm going to pray and then we're going to just spend a minute with God. God, I just thank you for each person here. God, I thank you that they are sons and daughters. Whether they just made that decision right now this morning or they've been walking with you for years, God, I pray that you would just renew something in them, bring a restoration, God, that you would heal that which is broken, that you would break off generational curses over people in this room who who believe that that is just how life is going to be. God, I pray right now that something would shift in their mind to know that that is not true, that that is a lie from the pit of hell, and that you want to bring healing and restoration and a new thing into each person in here. God, I pray that you would just restore marriages in this place. God, That you would restore families in this place, God. We claim that prodigal sons are going to be coming back to you, God. That those who are not even here today are going to be coming back to you, God. That you love each of your children so much, God. So I pray right now that you would just move in this place, God. Bring your presence down on each of your children here. Bring healing, God. That you can heal hearts in their seats right now. Healing from depression, God. Healing from anxiety. Healing from pain and hurt and addiction and fear and shame. God, all of it, God. I pray right now that you would just bring peace in this place. Bring your love that they could just feel your love in this place. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, team, and what we do at C3 Salt Lake City, go to C3SaltLakeCity.com.